here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Welcome back to Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold. This is episode 91 of the show. We are here to talk about season-long NFL player props. As always, joined by my buddy from the Action Network, Dan Titus. Dan, how you doing today? Doing great, dude. It's, uh, man, we're getting closer, man. We got training camp. I'm just like refreshing my Twitter feed, trying to get the latest news of what's going on around the NFL, man. But uh, crazy news of Julio Jones going to Tampa Bay yesterday. Like, I think that that's interesting. Congrats to you for grabbing him and Scott Fish. Uh, super late, man. I'm, I'm sure you're pretty happy about that value. Like, I'm not going to jump to conclusions and say it's going to be like the best thing ever, but I mean, it certainly helps uh, any, any Tom Brady stock if you have it, man. Like another pass catcher like that to, to enter the fold with Mike Evans, like that, that's a good look. Yeah, Julio Jones, my 15th round pick in Scott Fishbowl, uh, ended up turning out pretty well for myself, although got some strong pushback on Twitter and within the office yesterday about Russell Gage versus Julio Jones and who's going to have a better season this year. Yeah. A couple of lines that got thrown out in terms of potential over-unders for the season. Maybe get a quick hitter off the top before we get into our season-long props that we love. Uh, Julio Jones, I put out there that I thought that 50 catches, 750 yards, and eight touchdowns was a fair number. I went high on the touchdowns, but yeah. Based on the fact that they don't have Gronkowski, and we know that that Brady offense is going to cook, especially in the red zone, and Mike Evans, you know, he gets his in the end zone, but who else? Godwin's not a great touchdown uh, catcher. Uh, we don't know about Russell Gage there. Their running backs, Fournette, sure, but outside of that, I don't know. Uh, I think that Julio could have one of his best TV production seasons with, uh, with Brady. I can't quite get to eight. That's I like the 750 yards, though. Because I think you know, even though Chris Godwin is is already running, I don't I don't know that he's going to really just go back to his you know eighty plus percent route run um, metrics here. Just to start out the gates. It's a long season, so I think if you could slot Julio in there right now, uh, Brady's going to be throwing the ball a lot. Um, maybe a little bit more dependent on the run just because of the offensive line issues. But you know, I, I think that he's going to get the ball out quick, and having a weapon like Julio who can play both. The slot and and the outside, man. I think that's just that's just another weapon at Tom Brady's disposal. Really surprised other teams didn't make a play for him, to be honest. For him to end up in the Bucks, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like Tom Brady, man. I don't know what he's got the juice. Like everybody wants to go play with Tom at some point. So uh, I think he could definitely uh, revi revitalize or um, revamp, you know, uh, uh, Julio Jones' career here. You know that uh, Spider-Man gif? It's like Tom Brady and LeBron with every old vet who has ever gone through the right. league who used to be hot. And is now yeah. like falling off. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go play with that guy. Let's see what happens. Yeah. I'm not expecting Randy Moss production here, but I mean, I think he's definitely going to be fantasy relevant for sure. And I, I think that line that you said at 50 receptions, 750 yards, that, that seems very attainable for, for Julio, even if he doesn't play the whole season. I mean, AJ green had like 900 yards last year. And right. Julio exactly. Jones has to be in better <laughs> shape than AJ green. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's get into some season long player props. The first one that I had on the board, I actually, came out on the last podcast i'm gonna bypass it here but that tom brady under uh 4650 and a half passing yards hurts a little bit with julio coming in i still like it uh mostly because of the o-line i think there's gonna be a lot of short quick hitter passes i don't think that you're gonna see as much over the top as you've seen the past two years especially without uh bruce arians there telling byron lefferts to keep throwing the ball down the field i think it'll be a lot shorter passing game uh yards per completion yards per attempt probably going to come down significantly for brady this year too so under uh, 4650 passing yards would be my first one. 
But I got a lot more on the table uh, ready for season-long props, but I'm going to let you have the floor. What's your first one on the board? Yeah, my first one, I booked this one a long time ago, is Miles Sanders under six and a half touchdowns. Um, I think now I've seen some books even lowering it to five and a half. I don't like it really at that number, but six and a half, I think, is the money. Um, one that you'll want to play, uh, pay the juice for. I think right now it's minus 140, but, um, you know, at this at this point, as an Eagles fan, um, I got to, I got to, it's always very interesting to like, you know, have to dabble between the homerism and, and, and real life here. But, you know, I think it, one thing has been signals that Miles Sanders is not going to be the focal point of this offense. And when you have a running quarterback like Jalen Hurts, it's just going to regret, it's just going to reduce your, your touchdown upside. And this guy barely got any plays within the five yard line. Kenneth Gainwell became their red zone uh, back as the season progressed. And I, I think that they'll find ways. Uh, Nick Sirianni is, is much of the, the Doug Peterson mold of, you know, where he's going to get a rotation of a running back by committee. And I don't think that there's going to be opportunities for Miles Sanders unless he breaks and busts those long runs to really get those touchdowns. So I, I think six and a half is still too high. And I, I guess there, certainly see the case for even under five and a half after he put up a nothing burger last year. Like certainly that will regress uh, back to getting at least something. I, I just don't know that I can get there with six and a half. So I'm taking the under on Miles Sanders, six and a half touchdowns. From a fantasy perspective, how do you see Miles Sanders' season turning out versus, I guess, Gainwell would be the next one up? Um, where do you kind of stack those two up against each other? Uh, at ADP, at cost, I'd rather have Kenneth Gainwell at this point because I think he gets the passing down upside as well. And I think with this retooled offense, you're going to see Jalen Hurts get the ball out quicker. Um, we'll probably see some more offset looks. You know, if you run him out out in the pocket, if you get that that running back that kind of leaks, you know, in the flats, I think that that's an extremely good value for you know Kenneth Gainwell to see the field. He's got great hands, and he was their he was their goal line dude along with uh, Boston Scott. So I wouldn't pay the cost for Miles Sanders at this point. Um, I think fantasy pros had him ranked somewhere in the you know late twenties, early thirties, I believe, at ADP. I wouldn't pay for it for Miles Sanders. This is too much volatility and, and opportunity with someone like Gainwell who was handpicked by Nick Sirianni in that offense. Uh, from a, I guess, game planning perspective. So last year at the end of the season, they really turned it up when they stopped throwing as much yeah. with Hurts and started leaning on the run a lot. And we saw Sanders have some good games, game well also, and certainly Hurts yeah. on the ground. Do you think that that's something that we see this year also, that, that they lean to the run and maybe a version of like what the Titans did, not necessarily leaning on one like Henry, but being you know 55% first down rushing team, 60%, something like that, something really high and leading the league? Uh, or do you think that they'll spice it up, mix it up with Jalen Hurts and some other better weapons with A.J. Brown, obviously, and Devontae Smith in, in uh, year two? Yeah, I'm mean, paying close attention to what's what's being said at a training camp, but I think they're going to spice it up here. Um, I think they saw, like, you know, definitely saw much more success with uh, a rushing attack uh, and more focused run, run approach, but you don't just sign A.J. Brown to – you know, just have them pass blocking here. So, or run blocking, excuse me. So um, I think this office is really going to open up and I think we'll actually see Jalen Hurts test the downfield throws a lot more and then really put pressure on the, the secondary because he has the wheels uh, to break any play. But also, you know, I think it's going to be important for them to, to continue to establish the run so that people aren't, you know, obviously just blitzing the hell out of, <laughs> of Jalen Hurts and forcing them into into errors. Because we saw it, like, you know, in the, play, in the playoffs, he certainly seemed rattled playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their forceful defense. Um, so I think you got to have a balanced attack here, but you know, I'm really going to be curious to see how they're integrating AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. I'm expecting him to take a big leap here. Dallas Goddard should have a phenomenal season. Um, I think it's going to really going to be the question of 
um, you know, how is, how is this running back room really going to pan out uh, towards the end here? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with them because much like the Ravens, when they have to play from behind, they're a completely different team. And maybe right. with A.J. Brown, maybe it's different. Like we can talk about the Ravens. Obviously, they have Mark Andrews. But outside of that, Hollywood Brown is not like an A.J. Brown type. A.J. Brown's a complete game wrecker. Um, right. I'm interested to see if they get behind in games this year, how they look. Do we bet them like we do the Ravens? If they get behind, fade them. If they get ahead, right. buy them. Or is it, you know, is it exactly like the Ravens? I don't I don't know. It'll be interesting to see exactly how that uh, pans out. Uh, yeah. My first season-long prop on the board that I'm going to put out, uh, Derek Henry, under 14 and a, under 1,400 and a half rushing yards. His explosive play percentage has declined every single season since he came into the league. Last at 8% in 2021. We are not going to get those big plays anymore, certainly coming off of injury. Now, I saw that Madden had Derrick Henry ranked as one of the 10 fastest running backs in the NFL. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I know I know, he's a pull-away freight train. Once he gets going, he's a long strider, but he's not th- He's not fast. He's not fast. And if he's not going to get – he's not going to pull away from anybody anymore. He's not can't be the same sort of long strider that he has been. So that eliminates some of these 67-yard runs that really boost his production. I don't think that we're going to see another 300 carry season out of him. He has tons of mileage on him. Remember, from Alabama into the NFL the last three years, he's been used like no other back in the history of the NFL, or at least certainly not in the past 25 years. Uh, He was down to 4.3 yards per carry last year. The two years before, he was at 5.1 and 5.4. So we're seeing the serious regression from Derrick Henry, who's now a 28-year-old running back. Usually those guys, they don't come back. You can't get that sort of production. 1,400 yards is a shit ton. It would have ranked second in the NFL last year behind Jonathan Taylor. I do not think that we're going to see that sort of production from Derrick Henry once again this season. And I do think there's value in fantasy of drafting the backups there. Hassan Haskins, for example, may be a really good pickup late in your draft. So Derrick Henry, under 1,400 and a half rushing yards. Put it on the board. Get a little prop here. Lock, baby. Man, that's... uh. Derrick Henry is so interesting because I can't, it's hard for me to try to fade him because the offense is so, is so built around him. Um, 1400 is definitely a lot. He had 937 in what, 10 games last year before going down. He was smashing the league. I mean, he was averaging like a hundred. Was it? uh, Let me see here. He was averaging a buck 17 per game, man. That's that's tough and definitely not sustainable over the course of, I mean, with his mileage. Um, oh, man. Probably stay away from me, but I, I, I totally understand where you're getting at. The explosive plays, um, I think they're probably still going to be pretty run heavy considering that they got rid of A.J. Brown. Traylon Burks, I saw him make a couple of nice plays in training camp already. They're getting Robert Woods, which I think is – you know, a, a certainly a nice safety blanket for Ryan Tannehill. Maybe he'll be more open to throwing more. But, you know, with an offense so predicated on the run, it's hard for me to fade 1,400. Like, I think he could do it. But at the same time, I'm like, that list Frank injury, the mileage, the age, I, I see why you're fading it. And it makes a lot of sense. One last point on this. I think the A.J. Brown point is very interesting here. His two breakout years, Derrick Henry's two giant years, the 1,500-yard year and then the 2,000-yard year, coincided with A.J. Brown being a downfield threat and opening up the passing game, along with Ryan Tannehill. Derrick Henry did not do this with my guy, Marcus Mariota. He was successful, but he wasn't quite as successful. 
So now you have Ryan Tannehill, who we all think probably regressed a little bit last year. Obviously, he was terrible in the playoff game and probably will not have the same sort of season this year. You lose sure. A.J. Brown. We don't know what J- Traylon Burks looks like. Robert Woods, excellent run blocker, which may help him a little bit, Very but is so. not going to not going to stretch the field in the same way that A.J. Brown does. So now you have to play. They're already loading up the box at eight-man fronts. Now you don't have to worry about A.J. Brown over the top. Is Derrick Henry going to be able to sustain that without as many open lanes now, without being able to stretch the field or the threat of it? I think that's another concern and another reason to bet on the under here. Yeah, uh, if they can't establish the play action, um, I think that that's really going to be the the decide factor. Because you're right, you can't stack the box. Derrick Henry's a monster, but 1400 is still a, a tall a tall order for a team that really doesn't have an identity outside of running the ball. And I think it's going to be super important for them to establish that with Ryan Tannehill and this new look wide receiving core. If they can't do that, um, I think it's going to be tough for Derek because they're just going to be signaling on him and keen in on him um, for their scheme. Um, so, yeah, I think it's I, I like the, the 1400 number is it's definitely attractive. What is what is the odds you got that at? Like minus is that even money? No, nah, minus 125, I think, on the under. OK. Near, near, it's, it's close enough. I, I would pay that. That that's worth it. All right. What's your uh, what's your next season long prop on the board? Yeah, second one. I'm going to go with AJ Dillon over five and a half touchdowns. Um, seeing that across books at around minus one twenty. Um, for me, this is just really. I, I think this is going to be the breakout year for AJ Dillon. Um, obviously, the the Packers are without Devonte Adams now, so the red zone threat. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers was prone to to kind of throw at the goal line there, but when you have a guy with the size and athleticism and experience of A.J. Dillon now. You know, this is going to be his third year coming into the league. He finished 13th in the NFL in red zone rush attempts last year. Don't get me wrong. He's still going to be splitting time with Aaron Jones as the complimentary back, but I think we'll see Aaron Jones split out a lot more here because uh, he is a trusted um, – he is trusted by Aaron Jones in or by Aaron Rodgers in the passing game. Um, so that could open up a lot of opportunities for A.J. Dillon to see the, flo- see the, the field more um, in that complimentary role as the, the main back there. And, um, you know, his workload has grown over the last two seasons, jumping from 46 rushes in his rookie campaign to 187 last year. Um, and no surprise, his scoring went up from two touchdowns his rookie season to five. So five and a half still seems a bit low. I project him more towards seven here. Um, and if this offense can really get going, I think they're going to score some touchdowns. And, you know, by default, I think they're going to get some opportunities near the goal line. And that's where A.J. Dillon is going to thrive. So really like him over five and a half touchdowns. I love, love, love the point of, Aaron Jones being split out wide a lot more. We know the issues in that wide receiver room. No one yeah. has stepped up yet. We don't know who's going to step up. We assume that some will will with Aaron Rodgers, but you're going to need to play a two running back set, have Aaron Jones out wide or in the slot. I think that he'll be very effective in that position, but also I think right. it really does open up the role for AJ Dillon. And I, I love the over five and a half there. I would totally bet that. What number did you get that at? Uh, so I got at minus minus one twenty. And okay. it hasn't moved too much uh, over to, uh, since I since I laid that bet. So uh, shop around, but I think you can still get it for that number. My only concern about doing touchdown props, I actually have one. Maybe I'll talk about it next. Is just it's a little random. Yeah, it's a, definitely, but definitely. But random. so I think that you have to have a relatively significant advantage. But if you're projecting seven, uh, I feel a lot better about that. You know, getting that one and a half touchdown advantage from your projection to the actual number in the market. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the workload looks like. Um, if he can get up to, you know, 230, probably 232, yeah, probably mid-200s, um, I feel really good about this. Because um, I think that they're going to have plenty of scoring opportunities. Just playing in that weak division, you know, I think you're going to be beating up on on teams like the Chicago Bears. 
could see that game script going, you know, quickly to a, a negative game script for passing. And then you just beat, beat him down with AJ Dillon a little bit. So I think that those game scripts could definitely play into his favor as well. I love it. Uh, I'm going to bring up a rushing touchdown prop now because you just brought it up. James Connor, James Connor under nine and a half rushing touchdowns this year. This number, this Start number, the fade of the Cardinals. <laughs> it was only a matter number, of time. <laughs> it was only a matter of time. This number is fucking bananas. I do Definitely not. I understand high. he scored 15 rushing touchdowns last year. Okay. He also averaged 3.7 yards per carry, which was worst on the Cardinals. Gross. He was 35th in the NFL when contacted behind the line of scrimmage, which was worse on the Cardinals and also abjectly terrible in general. <laughs> okay. James Conner got lucky on a lot of these touchdowns. I don't think the Arizona Cardinals offense is going to be as good. So not as many opportunities in the red zone. Mm-hmm. I think that he's going to end up splitting carries with whoever the hell ends up as the running back two there, whether it's Daryl Williams or Eno Benjamin or whoever the hell slapdicks they bring in at the end of this. <laughs> He had the worst percentage success on the Cardinals across the board rushing. Every single category analytically, he was the worst running back on the Cardinals. And this is a Cardinals running back room that had basically Kyler Murray would count him as a part running back. Chase Edmonds and James Conner. We're not talking – Chase Edmonds is fine. He's not exactly the greatest player in the world. James Conner was the worst, worst, worst running back on the Cardinals last year. Big time regression candidate. I don't understand people that are hyping him up to be a full time, maybe a low end RB one this year. You guys are fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't. I don't disagree. I've I've yet to pick up James Conner on any team that I have. Uh, I was even struggling to buy into it last year. I think I might have sold some shares in Dynasty because I was like, this is a flash in the pan. Like I don't. I don't know that I can. I can agree with James Conner sustaining this amount of production year over year despite playing in such a dynamic offense that the Arizona Cardinals do have, but I don't know, man, I got, we'll talk about it in another podcast when we get into the NFC West, but I just have so many question marks with this Arizona team heading into the season that, you know, I don't know that I can just trust in the running back to just get not, not 10 touchdowns. James Connor. Come not, on. And that, not that's a lot, bro. That's a lot. Not total touchdowns. Just fucking rushing. touchdowns. Rushing, just rushing. Yeah. That's a lot. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm 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 fading that. I'm, I'm with you there. That's 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 too rich. Three point seven yards per carry. I would. It, I. That's so insane. It's so bad. You're not Dude, a good running back. That's not even the worst on the Cardinals, man. Uh, how many people had sub four rush uh, rush attempt uh, uh, yards per carry? That seems league league leading low for the amount of carries that he got. Like that had to be the worst one of the worst in the NFL. It's not good. Let me tell you, that's like, those are like CEH numbers. Actually, CEH, 4.4 yards a carry. And 4.3 is two seasons. It 3.7. That's terrible. And dude, I, I don't feel good about anything on the Cardinals offense. I don't particularly love the offensive line. I think that they're gonna be, be I think they're they're gonna be behind in some games. Certainly, we both believe that. So the game script isn't in their favor. They lost Chandler Jones. I don't believe he, that defense. He ranked he's 40. 45th out of 53 qualifiers. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize how bad Alvin Kamara's year was three. He averaged 3.7 as well, but like Saquon Barkley, yeah, dude had no line, like zero line. And he was 3.7 Mike Davis, 3.6. So like, 
that is not good company to be in. Mark Ingram, Rex Burkhead, Miles Gaskin. Gross, gross, gross. Yeah, nah. Fade, fade James Conner season is officially upon us. Fade Cardinals. Let's let's get it. Wait, wait, can you go do me a favor there? So you're on that yeah. page still with all the yeah. yards per carry. So yeah. everyone in that range, how many rushing touchdowns did they have on the season? Ooh. Uh man. I'm looking at it. I mean, it couldn't be. I'm trying to see if there's like if they all equate to 10 touchdowns. Rushing touchdowns. I don't know that yeah. they do. Uh let me see here. Let me pull it back. This will be very interesting to see. I wonder how yards per carry equates to rushing touchdowns. Uh, all right, three point. Where are you at? Uh, for some reason, it's not letting me pull it up on the same on the same screen. Why? Super finicky. Average. No. Give me yards per carry. Damn it. <laughs> All right. We'll All come right, back we, to that. We might have to pass on this. All right. Uh, why don't you hit me up with your next uh, player pop? Yeah. Next one. Tough for me to do, but I think I got to do it. Uh, Najee Harris under 16 and a, 1600 and a half rushing and receiving yards. That's at even money. For me, it's like Najee Harris had benefited from being the sole focus of the offense and noodle arm Ben. Obviously, Ben couldn't throw the ball down the field. De Deontay Johnson was still very effective. But outside of that, it was just him and Najee Harris. Um, he had 381 touches last year. And, I mean, he finished with 1,667 combined rushing and receiving yards. But, like, I got to expect that to change a little bit coming into the next season with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. Potentially, if he doesn't do well, then that goes into Kenny Pickett era. I mean, they just signed Jeremy McNichols in this in the uh, in the training camp, and I see that he's already getting um, lauded for his pass blocking ability. So I think that there's a very good chance. And shout out to my boy Adam Koffler, um, who's been making his sea of hot takes, but he thinks that not, there's a chance that Najee Harris doesn't even get all the third down work that he got last year. So if you're looking at this combined market, um, there's going to be some regression there in his pass catching. If you have someone that's really brought in, like almost like a JD McKissick type of guy. Uh, to support this this backfield here. And it's really just, to me, this is a fate of, you know, Najee Harris. He had he averaged 3.9 yards per carry last year. This offensive line has not gotten better. They they rank per PFF 30th um, in the NFL right now in um, offensive line grade. So, you know, without that balanced offense, man, I think that the, the defense is just going to key in on Najee Harris. And yeah, he breaks a lot of tackles, but he has to because this line is so bad. And I just don't think he's going to get to 1600 and a half in year two. This is going to be tough sledding for him. Um, a great, great breakout season. But I mean, another guy like from a fantasy perspective that I'm not as high on this year, because I think he's going to uh, see some decline in his production here. Uh, if you had to take an under on either side of his rushing number or his receiving yard uh, number, which one would mm -hmm. you rather bet? I'd rather bet the over on his rushing than his receiving at this point. You'd rather bet the over on his rushing than his receiving. Okay. So yeah. We think that the receiving production is really going to be where the loss of I think Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Are there any players on the Steelers that you're particularly interested in from a fantasy perspective? 
Because I saw uh, today that that yeah. Chase Claypool was playing out of the slot with Pickens and Deontay on the outside, which made it Claypool is pretty interesting there, uh, given that you're going to have two pretty young uh, quarterbacks and the slot receiver usually their best friend. Um, I'm curious about what's going on with Clay, Chase Claypool. Like I think ADP wise, he's certainly somebody that you could definitely grab as a wide receiver too fairly easily. I just don't know that I believe in the system with him as much. Like, I don't know. There's some turmoil there that I don't know that's been figured out with him and Mike Tomlin. And I don't know, like, I think he's, the dude's got antics. Like, I don't know that Tom, Mike Tom is not the one to be fucked with in that regard. So I don't know, moving him to slot. Sure. That sounds promising, but like, I'd be more interested in Pat Fryermuth to be honest, um, as that red zone target threat. Um, I think, you know, with new quarterback in the, in the, in the building, um, he's a, certainly a, a nice safety blanket. Chase Claypool, Claypool could also be that, but um, I, I'm looking for the touchdowns and ensure Firemuth might see some regression, uh, you know, to the mean uh, in, in terms of a negative, negative, negative uh, vantage point just because he scored 10 touchdowns last year. But I think he's still the best bet around the red zone for me as like a target. But then also, I think he could also see that next level production if he's more involved in the offense as a pass catcher, because he was very reliable last year. And um, so that's one guy I'm buying that's super cheap. You know, if you miss out on the slew of tight ends that go in that run of like, you know, back end of like, um, you know, we're talking, you know, the Irv Smiths and like the Dallas Goddards and, you know, that back end of of the non-tier elite tight ends. I think Firemuth is certainly a guy that you want to get. Um, Deontay Johnson, I, I mean, I, I'm cool with him. I love him in PPR formats, but other than that, I'll probably pass. And Claypool to me is just such a, a wild card that I don't know that I want to get behind him putting some serious money in the fantasy Scott fishbowl. Sure. I scooped them up, but money on the line. No, nah, I'm not going to do it. Fair. Fair enough. Um, all right. I'm going to get to another under here and then hit a couple overs on the way out. Uh, let's go. Stefan Diggs under 99 and a half receptions this year. So he had 103 last year, obviously the year before that he had a monster season. He was second in the NFL in total receptions. However, we have a running game that now with James cook involved, I think they're going to run the game run the ball a little bit more this season. Uh, Brian Dayball, not there. Don't know what quite the offense is going to look like. Obviously, we all think that Gabe Davis is going to jump up another level and probably steal some targets away uh, from Stefan Diggs here. We, I also personally like a couple of the other guys they brought in. I love Khalil Shakur. I think that he could have a really nice season as a rookie. Uh, I think that the, the tight ends, OJ Howard is there. We have Dawson Knox. I think the tight ends will be more involved. So getting to 100 receptions for Stefan Diggs this year, I think is going to be a little bit difficult. Uh, the last 11 games of the season last year, he only had over 10 targets in four of the 11 games. I think there's a steep decline coming for him in terms of total targets. He had 163 last year. I'm thinking it's probably going to end up more like 145 this year. That probably brings him from 103 down to somewhere around 95. I think there's value on the under here at 99 and a half. I'm going to tell you on this because I think this is a becoming a crowded wide receiver room. You mentioned the the ascension of Gabe Davis. I think you can't argue. I think you can't ignore also Dawson Knox um, also had a pretty solid season. But you bring in Jameson Crowder, who I think is also going to get yeah. playing time. Isaiah McKenzie has drawn um, a lot of good offseason hype that he's been getting a, a, more involved in the offense. So there's just more weapons at Josh Allen's disposal here. So I think targeting an under 100 receptions for Stephon Diggs. He's certainly still going to garner a lot of targets, and he's still going to be the wide receiver one in this offense. But I think you're right. I think this might be a more spread out uh, distribution in terms of, of of targets and receptions. And 
Um, 103 coming off last year. Great season for 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 Diggs, but I, I think we could see him um, dial it back a little bit just because of the the options that that Josh Allen has at his disposal. And I think also, you know, possibly getting James Cook more involved in that run game, getting him a little bit more balanced offense and maybe not being in so reliant on Josh Allen's legs as much this season. I think the other here is this defense is going to be awesome. The, the whole yeah. roster is awesome. You Von Miller Bell, coming over defense there. defense was Ooh. already good last yeah. year. They drafted uh, Kyrie Elam. Tredavious White's going to be yeah. back. They're going to be ahead in a lot of games. Guess what? They're running the ball. I don't think they're going to need to throw the ball to Stefan Diggs 15 times. So under 100 uh, receptions just seems like a not a layup, but a really, really good, sharp, smart bet here. I like it. I, I like that a lot, man. All right. What else you got? All right. So Baker Mayfield, I'm stunned. Nah, maybe not stunned's not the word, but like 22 and a half passing touchdowns. And if you look at his stats, he's done it twice um, in his career. But this guy's coming to a Panthers offense that, you know, their leading receiver had four touchdown receptions last year. Before that, it was the Teddy Bridgewater era where he also didn't really uh, throw the ball that much and garner a lot of touchdowns. So, you know, Baker, while he was labeled as a gunslinger in the past, like I just don't think that this offense really lends itself for him to throw more than 23 touchdowns. And, you know, I think DJ Moore is a great receiver, but he's a he's more of like a Julio Jones guy where he's just going to rack up a shit ton of yards and not score. Robbie Anderson already voiced his displeasure with Baker coming in there because he thought he was developing rapport with Sam Darnold. I think that there's some outs here. Like if Baker doesn't play well, they also drafted Matt Corral. So it's like there's a I don't know. I don't know that we, I, I can necessarily buy that Baker Mayfield is the answer at quarterback. So I think there's a chance that, you know, midseason, if they're not playing well, he could get benched. I also think that, you know, now that Christian McCaffrey's back and seemingly healthy, the offense should run through him. Now, that might generate, you know, pass catching because obviously CMC is, is very versatile in both the rushing and the receiving game. But um, 22 and a half is, is a lot to, to come to a new situation, um, off an injury. Um, so we don't know how Baker's looking just yet. Um, I'm not, I'm going to pump the brakes on Baker Mayfield here um, in his debut with the with the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to take the under 22 and a half touchdowns. I, I love that. Uh, and I think the number's too high. I think that Baker could have some success this year, but 23 touchdowns. Derek Carr had 23 touchdowns last year. Think about that. Derek Carr, who we all thought had a great season, was worthy of being a top 10 MVP candidate at one point. Uh, he threw 23 touchdowns and 14 interceptions last year. He threw for 4,800 yards. It is hard to get over. These guys that just make it look easy, like the Herberts are throwing 38 touchdowns a year, that doesn't generally happen. 23 is a good number. It's a decent season. So I think that the under 23 here is a very, very nice number, and I like yeah. that bet. And there's no guarantee that Baker ends up starting the entire year exactly. for Carolina. Right. Yeah, and I think uh, just looking at the numbers, like the last time any quarterback for the Panthers threw for over 23 touchdowns or over 22 and a half touchdowns was Cam Newton in 2018. So, I mean, that was Cam and, you know, when Cam was elite. Um, and I don't know that I would could say, I could say that Baker is going to make that leap. They just don't have enough weapons on offense. Like, was it Tommy Tremble is their, their tight end? Like, he's not inspiring you to, to get touchdowns. And then you got Terrace Marshall, who – you know, last year was supposed to be a very good receiver, but didn't really pan out as well as, as expected. So he's going to have to take a seat. There's going to have to be multiple people in the pat in the passing um, offense. That's going to have to take a, a significant leap here for him to get the 23 touchdowns. 
Couldn't agree with you more. All right, I got two more overs on the way out. I'll do one really quickly, and then I'll actually go into two. Cool. Number one, the quick one, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over 675 and a half rushing yards. Hey. I just don't – I don't believe in Rojo. I think this is a good year for him. He just needs over 150 carries this year. He had 180 in his first year. He went over this number. He had 110, 118 last year or something like that, uh, and he went under this. I think it's all about health. 13 games played in year one, 181, and he went way over this. 4.3 and 4.4 yards per carry. I do think that they lean on the run a little bit more this season, and I think that Clyde is going to be the beneficiary. This number is pretty low, so give me uh, 675 and a half over. How do you, Alan uh, Rock, r- real uh, yeah, quick, how do you feel about uh, him showing up on the pup list? Um, he's already he's him. he's already off of it. He got cleared. Oh, they already took him off. All right, dope, yeah. nice. So no he's hammy off. issues. He's good. Cool. It was Run just away. a matter of him. He had to pass some tests, but he's off the right. list. He'll looks like he's going to be a full participant for uh, training camp. So yeah, Get I'm it. all in. Felt good about Get that it. one. Uh, Allen Robinson. And we all love Allen Robinson. Everyone who plays fantasy loves Allen Robinson this year. The wide receiver too for the Rams. After Cooper Cup is going to get every single piece of coverage that every defense has to throw to him. They still have Matthew Stafford. The offensive line is probably going to be a little bit worse this year. Um, and I could see defense maybe a hair worse. I could see them having to throw the ball a little bit more in the into the passing game. Rob perfect recipient of that. I'm not a big fan of just, uh, Van Jefferson coming off of injury. Uh, I don't think that he's going to have a huge season. And beyond that, I mean, Odell may be back, but it's not going to happen until November or December. What other options do they have? This is going to be the Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson show all season long. Over 825 and a half receiving yards. This is my lock of all locks. If he stays healthy, he's going to clear 1,000 yards easy. I can guarantee you right now. I love Allen Robinson this year. Give me that over 825 and a half number. Yeah, I think you can see him probably closer to 950, if not 1,000 yards um, in this offense. Because you can't – I'm not expecting Cooper Cup to replicate what he did last year. And this offense is going to have to move. And if all the the coverage is being blanketed to Cooper Cup, someone's going to eat. And uh, I think I'm going to lean towards Allen Robinson's bounce back. Um, So part of that, I know you're you're Mr. Correlation guy. Are you betting um, him to be comeback player of the year as well? I think we talked about that before, right? We we did talk about that on the season-long awards show. Uh, I did, and I will continue to do so. I got 25 to 1. I think it's down to 20 to 1. I will still bet that. Uh, I think that's a really good number. He's going to be involved in it. So yeah. it really comes down to, is this a quarterback award? Is there a quarterback worthy to win it? If there's not, and there's only a handful that can even be considered at this point, given the history, right. uh, I think A-Rob's going to be right at the top of this list. And I love that at 20 to 1. Agreed. All right. What else? Uh, what other ones do you got? Yeah, so the other ones that I like, I'll be pretty quick with them. Uh, Rashad Penny, I grabbed it at 825. Um, eight, 825 rushing yards is now down to 800. I would still play it because it's near even money now because I just don't believe in what Seattle is going to be producing here going forward. I mean, their offensive line, atrocious. They did draft um, Christian Cross, which makes sense. But, you know, they don't really – who's their quarterback? Um, their defense is definitely losing a lot of pieces. So I think they're going to be in an unfortunate situation where – they're going to be in a lot of negative game scripts, and that doesn't bode well for a, a two-down back, which is Rashad Penny. Um, he did take the the fantasy world and NFL by storm in the last five games. He, he scored 670 – or he, sorry, he rushed for 671 yards over the last five games. That's 100, over 130 yards per game. Um, that, that also did occur against three teams that were bottom 10 in rush DVOA. So 
I don't think that that's sustainable. This team, um, the fact that they drafted Ken Walker the third um, so early as second round draft capital, I think that that's also a concern for his longevity. Um, Chris Carson did recently just retire. Respect to him. I'm sure he won a lot of people fantasy leagues over the years. Um, he won't be a threat, but I think there's also still very many people there in DJ Dallas, Travis Homer, other people that can seed uh, workload to him. So 800 yards, rushing yards for him. I don't know that he's going to make it through the season just based off his health um, and lack there and just his ability to stay on the field. That coupled with a bad game script and a horrible team, uh, the Seattle team is not going to be good. So uh, I'm going to fade Rashad Penny as best I can. Uh, the other one that I was going to go with is um, Trayvon Diggs over four and a half interceptions. So this one's going to be, it was tough for me, but I, I think it's still a good bet. Obviously he led the league in, in interceptions last year with 11, but that won't be replicated. Um, he gave up the most receiving yards to opposing wide receivers when targeted, which is a horrible stat uh, if you're a cornerback. So I think he'll write, I think he'll make some adjustments, but I think you can't deny this guy is like the modern day Asante Samuel that just makes big plays. Um, he had three picks as a rookie in only 12 games. He had 11 last year, four and a half to me still is not enough to, to uh, encapsulate what this guy can really do as a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I'm going to have him getting at least five receptions here um, this season for the Cowboys. So I actually like the dig one and I'll do it because of this, because of the stat where she said that he was giving up the most yards per play when targeted. Usually when I think that, Teams are like, okay, the guy is really good at uh, really good quarterback. He's good at intercepting the ball. He's good at breaking up passes. I don't want to go at him anymore. He's a shutdown. I don't think the teams think that Diggs is no. the shutdown. Like, I, yeah, I, keep doing this guy. <laughs> exactly. So if he's going to yeah. get opportunities, he's going to get his. He's going to pick off some. So yeah. I'm fully with you on board with the over four and a half. Yes, you expect regression, but also if they're going to keep throwing it at him, there's going to be opportunities. And this guy is a ball hawk. He's going to get it done. So I like the over four and a half. For sure. My last pick on the board here, Justin Fields. Everyone's shitting on Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. They didn't do anything for him in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. You're right. They didn't. More opportunities for him to rush the ball. Over three and a half rushing touchdowns for Justin Fields this season. Minus 125. I absolutely love this. This is my lock of all locks. It's to be run for his life. Offensive stinks. Darnell Mooney and a bunch of guys that no one cares about. The wide receiver. They're going to be playing from behind in games. He's uh, he's going to be scrambling for his life. He's going to find his way into the end zone. Uh, 72 rush attempts in 12 games last year and two touchdowns. He's going to rush for at least 100. I, I would say conservatively 125 rush attempts, which would put him like second or third in the league behind Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. He's got easy, easy, easy 125 rushing attempts. I think that to get four of those into the end zone is way below the average rush to uh, touchdown ratio. Uh, so, yeah, I love Justin Fields. And, look, Dave Montgomery's fine. Khalil uh, Herbert, fine. Guess what? When it comes to the red zone and somebody does the scramble for his life, third downs, Fields is going to find his way in the end zone a couple times this year. So give me the over three and a half rushing touchdowns for Fields this season. Yeah, I mean, he only played in – he only started 10 games last year. And I think, as we saw uh, later into the season, they started to open up the playbook for him. He seemed to get a little bit more comfortable, not only passing the ball, but – also, I think you saw more opportunities for him to use his legs. I think the game's going to slow down for him a little bit more. And I think we've, we've seen with these mobile quarterbacks, it usually takes a year or two to kind of get get their footing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking at the red zone here, you're right. Like David Montgomery, he doesn't always have the, the best injury history either. But I think it's more so just the dynamicness that Justin Fields can provide 
in certain situations, like a bootleg could easily take it into the house and take it into the end zone. So I'd see that there's a lot of opportunity here for this guy to grow in year two. Um, so yeah, I like, I like that play a lot. Three and a half touchdowns. Let's, let's take the over on that one. Let's do it. All right. I think we hit all of our season long props. We'll be back soon with our, we're going to kick off our divisional preview series. We did it last year. We're going to do it again this year. Take us up to the season. We're only uh, six weeks away from the start Crazy. of the NFL season. And we're like a week away from the Hall of Fame game, our first opportunity to really bet on the NFL in a live game. I cannot wait. Dan, thank you for joining me. Good luck with all your best sure. of the season. We will talk to you soon. See you.